toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love you are listening to be the love to awaken our souls we are souls on the journey and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings We are here to open up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. This is Adrienne Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Nicholas David Mann. Namaste. My name is Nistella Joy Davy. This is Ron Interpreter, and you're listening to Be the Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be the Love to Awaken Our Souls. Thank you again so much for tuning in this week. I'm Stacy Musial. And I am Brenda Carey with our special guest, Morgan Rockwell. We are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. We are on a mission to raise the consciousness of humans and the planet, and we need your help. Please spread the word to your family and friends and join us every week. Consider becoming a Patreon supporter or a sponsor to help with the operating costs like editing and the many hours we spend creating these shows with quality guests and content. And if you have resonated with our mission, support us in a way that raises your vibration to love. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin by inviting you to get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy, and breathing out anything you are ready to release. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself, and imagine breathing that light and love and send it back to all of humanity, remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. If you haven't heard, we at Be The Love Podcast are so excited to announce the Awaken Your Soul Costa Rica retreat on November 6th through the 12th, 2023 at the Magical Sunshine Sanctuary, a jungle boutique in the Montezuma Bay area. Our women's spiritual retreat is designed to raise your vibration with yoga, meditation, cacao ceremony, ecstatic dance, sound healing, a deep dive soul journey with ocean energy, and authentic Costa Rican cuisine. We would absolutely love to have you join us in this beautiful location and experience. This is an intimate group setting with very limited availability. Check out the webpage with details and registration in our show notes. Register now for early bird pricing through May 1st, and we can't wait to connect with you. Our guest today is Morgan Rockwell. Morgan is a certified Akashic Records practitioner and healer who assists others in mending broken hearts. 
She works through the Akash to bring about healing from many directions, including soul lineage and ancestral lineage to release trauma in the DNA and soul codes. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Morgan. Thank you so much for having me and what a beautiful, relaxing welcome. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> so let can you tell us about your spiritual journey and just what has led you down this particular path? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've always been interested in the Akashic Records ever since I was a little girl. Um, before I knew what the Akashic Records were, I just used to see pyramids and be very very tuned in on an energetic sense. Like I could tell before the phone was going to ring, something was going to happen. And like most people, as we grow up, we kind of disconnect from these things. And so I continued my, my life and grew up and went to school and have a, a degree in, in integrative medicine, which was nowhere near the Akashic records. And, um, paralleled my spiritual journey throughout life. I ended up in a very tricky situation, um, where I was, wanting to go through a divorce in a foreign country. And um, it just had a lot of tricky details and I did not know what to do and no amount of information or support or guidance from a friend could help me decide how I was going to get out of this mess in my life in one piece and with my kids involved. And um, the Akashic Records came calling really strongly at this point in time because it was my call to turn in and really connect in with my own intuition and what my own soul was desiring and what was in alignment for me. And so I really got into understanding and learning how to get in and access my Akashic records, what they were all about and how they could guide me through this. And they just became this life tool that I am so very grateful that I chose to turn in in such a deep level. Thank you so much for sharing that. And sounds like such a beautiful journey. And it sounds like you've been really connected with this work for, for many, many years. And so I'm wondering if you can, you know, for our listeners who aren't familiar with the Akashic Records, I'm wondering if you can just explain a little bit about, yeah, what they are and how they show up for us. Absolutely. So the Akashic Records are um, an energetic field of infinite possibilities. And so we can access this um, field to receive love and support and guidance in any and all areas of our life. For example, if you wanted to understand more about money patterns, what a um, relationship keeps showing up in your life, a certain type of relationship, why that is, um, you can look at things like familial patterns, because every deed, thought, and soul from the inception of your soul is recorded in the Akashic records. So everyone has their own book on them. And where you don't have to be a practitioner and access this vast realm, we all have intuition. And so we all can connect to a point or two or five in our lives where we've just had this knowing or this gut feeling about something and really listening to that and maybe not being able to explain why we know something, how we know that this is where we're supposed to be doing, how we feel like we've met this person before. Those are your master's teachers and loved ones or the guardians of the record speaking through you in that intuition. Mm, I love that explanation. Thank you. Yeah, I I know a little bit about Akashic Records, but have always been curious. And um, I'm also 
curious about, uh, you talk a lot about intuition. And I think some people, I too believe that everyone is intuitive, but some people just don't feel like they are. Uh, what do you say to the person that's like, oh, I'm I'm not intuitive? And what could be some practices that they could do to kind of tune into that? Sure. No, I'm with you. I agree. Everybody's intuitive. And ironically, um, through my class of um, when I was taking courses to study with my teacher, accessing the Akashic record, other fellow practitioners were like, I'm the least intuitive person in the world. And yet they could get into their records um, because intuition speaks to us all in a unique way. So one, it's about understanding how you receive information. I mentioned um, you might have a gut feeling, right? Or you walk into a room and you can just sense right away, hey, this has got a great vibe or, ooh, this is the heebie-jeebies, get me out of there. That is one way your intuition can speak to you is through feeling. Other people just have a knowing, like you can't give it reason, but maybe you just, you just know when you applied for this job that you were going to get it. It wasn't about any skills or qualifications. You just knew it. And you can't explain that. Some people get it in that fashion. Now, we tend to think people who see images have like movies running around in their forehead and they can just look at the center screen and it just doesn't come that way. You know, you have maybe an old memory or something pops up in your head that's really not connected to anything that can be your intuition speaking to you as well. Um, so one of the best ways to get through either you feeling like you're making something up or you're not connected to your intuition is to keep your conscious mind busy. And you can do that by just free writing. Um, you can just put that pen to paper. And as soon as you're writing something about, you know, I got up this morning, I had coffee, the sun was not shining, and you just whatever comes to your mind, as you're distracting that conscious mind, your unconscious mind will be able to come through. And you'll begin to start journaling or writing about things you had no idea or even going on in your mind. And that's when you can start to tap into what wants to come forward for you. And it's a simple practice. You can do five minutes a day. It's not a, you know, a heavy trance or a meditation. It's just a really fun exercise I like to give my clients. Yeah, that sounds like a really powerful exercise. I love, you know, just free writing because, you know, we, we get our minds are so busy all the time. And so when we start to write, we can just clear that out and it makes space to find that clarity um, for things that need to come through on a much deeper level. And so I'm wondering, you know, just to, about the Akashic records and, you know, how when when one is wanting to really access that and start maybe shifting patterns in their lives, how how can they access the Akashic records? So um, typically most people come, show up to have their um, records accessed. Not everyone desires to access their own records because it's quite a, it's a spiritual practice in itself. It's like anything. If you were to take up yoga, you're probably not going to go to um, a big retreat for advanced practitioners the first time around. Um, if that's something people are really called to do, um, find yourself a really good mentor and a teacher to help you understand all of the spiritual laws and the how-tos. But for most people who are looking to shift patterns, getting connected with an Akashic Records practitioner is just as helpful because it's an interactive experience. For example, if I were to open your records, 
I would basically be facilitating a conversation between you and your guardians of your records. So you would have this chance to basically have a conversation and, and experience your own records through my facilitation. Does that make sense and answer your question? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know there's meditations out there and I've done some meditations, you know, bringing and it's taken me through that process. And then there's this part of me that, you know, I, I wonder, I'm like, is that true? Am I like, what am I, what am I sensing? And and so there's, you know, this confidence that maybe I don't have with accessing my records. I mean, I can feel intuitively, you know, what mm -hmm. patterns are and where, where I feel is right in the path. And when things show up, cause I, I'm in synchronistic, you know, things are coming into my life at all, you know, in a very synchronistic way all the time. And I feel like it's part of that journey, part of that path, but I can certainly see the value of working with someone um, that can help kind of mediate that process. Yeah, and you made a really valid point because intention is so much about it. So when you're sitting in these um, meditations and your intention is to access this higher realm and receive information, chances are you are getting information from your records. And so an intention is not to be um, underestimated. Thank you for that clarification. Uh, I am really curious about how the Akashic records or how trauma can be passed down through an ancestral line. And how do you use the Akashic records to access that in our ancestry from kind of a, a generational perspective? In our podcast episodes, as of late, we're kind of doing a feature on how to release trauma. And mm -hmm. so Stacy and I were really curious about, oh, how do the Akashic records kind of fit into this releasing ancestral trauma? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's such a beautiful topic right now. So many of people are interested in healing this really deep trauma that comes from lots of generations. Um, and I love it. And so I'm going to start with like a Western study. There was some, uh, there were rats or mice, one of those <laughs> lab animals, but so mm -hmm. there was a generation of rats who received the shock just before they were able to eat. And so they began to associate this trauma with food, right? And so they shock food, shock food. And so this generation gave birth to a brand new generation. This new generation was not shocked, but every time they went to be introduced to food, they measured their nervous system, had the same shock trauma that the generation previously had without the electric shock. So you can see from this type of studies how we can actually pass down trauma. And so in a larger sense in how that would look for us humans, it can be something as um, a pattern associated with how your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents gave and received love, how they brought in money patterns, how they brought in, um, maybe there was a secret somewhere in the family that kind of swept under the rug because back in that time, it was well appropriate not to speak about something um, where in this day and age, it's we've found out that it's more healing to bring things out in the open and to talk about it. So these type of things can be carried forward in our DNA. And so by accessing the Akashic records, you can go in and ask what ancestral patterns are ready to be healed. What, how many are you, you know, carrying? And you can go by category. If you're 
you feel like everyone in your family has had a divorce, or maybe there's a familial pattern of all the women who get sick when they're in their fifties and you're like, God, I don't really want to sign up for that. What is that? You can look and see where that came from and you can actually go in and heal that line. You can clear that timeline of that trauma. So it is no longer present for you any generations going forward. And it does provide healing going backward. And that mm. trauma is actually held in the DNA. So you will begin to clean out that trauma from the cells. That's where that memory is stored. Mm. Wow. Such a beautiful and powerful process. I'm getting, I just get excited when I think about that because we're, I think we're such in a beautiful time in our planet right now where, you know, a lot of people are being called to do this work. And I've, you know, I've been doing a lot of this work in the last like couple of years myself and just, you know, seeing, I haven't necessarily worked with the Akashic records, but I've done a lot of the ancestral healing and, and, you know, the patterns of my own family. And so but I'm curious, you know, as you're, you know, getting specific with the Akashic records, how does that energy get cleared? Are there certain processes that um, people can use or that you use in your, you know, as you're working with somebody, what does that look like? Yeah. So one being um, really aware that the ancestors are showing up right now because they really want to support us in healing. And what may look like trauma for me might not look like trauma for you, or it might not look like trauma for your ancestors back in their time, like I pointed out. So some of them are here to help us modernize. So maybe the way your great-great-grandparents gave and received love was totally acceptable for that time and place, and it functioned for them, but it's not functioning in your relationship, allowing this sort of grace period to evolve you can notice these patterns by noticing patterns in your own life of what may not be working. This might be an ancestral trauma that starts to begin to healing it in itself, just bringing it to the surface and thinking about it. Um, there's definitely a lot of trauma-informed coaches out there right now. As an Akashic Records practitioner, I use a whole different repertoire of energetic tools to clean that timeline and the records. Um, you always can utilize the um, healing abilities of your master's teachers and loved ones, your guardians of your records. When they are, your records are open and you are in there working, they assist you in healing this and they really help transmute things um, across all space and time back to love and light, back to be recycled, like you were mentioning in your beginning meditation. Um, so a lot of the healings that I do personally are very experiential in that fashion where somebody can actually walk through their own timeline, have this experience of what happened and either unfreeze an ancestor from a moment they're frozen in or let go of a pattern that needed to be healed and then allow everything to come forward in a different way. Could you maybe share with us an example or a story of someone? Because I'm really curious, like, what is, like, what would be the, I would call it like a trigger or something like that, um, that I'm, like, for me as an empath, I kind of know when something isn't mine, you know, like it might be a pattern, super subconscious that I'm not even aware of. And then when I pause and I'm like, wait, that's not mine, that it's kind of a triggering thing. And so how do, how, I don't know if you've worked with someone where like, here was the trigger and like, how did we work through that identifying that was actually wasn't theirs. It was from 
generations past? And what did it look like on, on the result side of that? Yeah, absolutely. So triggers are really good teachers. And I love that you brought up that, um, that idea. And it's also, I want to give you a, um, a round of applause for knowing you're an empath and being able to recognize when it's not yours, because that is also a really big step in healing these patterns. So it's necessary for us to not feel cursed, quote unquote, if we right. see an ancestral pattern, because we don't have to partake just by us saying, you know what, I'm not partaking in this is a very big intention. And that can help transform that I was working with a client the other day who was very triggered by a quote about um, when your heart is ready to receive love, your soulmate will show up. And this person had been working like their soulmate should have been here. They just didn't get it and understand it. And really what was there was still underneath in this subconscious, this pattern of having to be this like what it meant to be a, uh, in a perfect place to be a bride, right? And it was like this very familial pattern that came back. Like they had to have um, all of these checks and the other boxes checked, right? They, it was about self-worth in a really, really big fashion. And that came from an ancestral pattern over something that had happened um, over a marriage that actually did not happen. Um, it was um, supposed to happen and didn't happen in their family timeline. And it carried through as this person feeling um, like they weren't worthy to attract their soulmate. And once we were able to heal that, um, the client was able to really, really connect to this deeper sense of unconditional love and not have so much anxiety around that the fact that they were missing this soulmate or they were going to miss out on this opportunity, it really filled this gap for them. And they really began to be enough for themselves. And um, let's see, I really, I believe that this person will meet their person very, very soon. Time will tell, but removing these really big blocks allows someone to be more calm and comforted and way more connected to their own source of love. And my examples are all going to be around love because that's where I work in is around breaking and breaking home. So yeah. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. It is the, the highest vibration, right? So everything comes back to love. And when we can really see things in love, we can, yeah, moves that energy on such a deeper way. I'm curious too, just as far as maybe like some physical health patterns that, you know, things that get passed down, um, you know, because I think there's this belief in our culture that, well, if my parents had this, you know, I have the genes, you know, and, and, and there's so much, I mean, we've got epigenetics and, you know, lifestyle, but like, then there's this, like that deep ancestral, you know, health concern or pattern that comes, that can show up. So I'm wondering, yeah, if you can talk a little bit about that and maybe what you've seen as people are diving into this work to not carry forward those health, health mm -hmm. issues. And I, yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And Yes, we do have genetics and I love epigenetics because I feel like this is where the switch because epigenetics says that they don't actually have to activate, right? So I feel like this is where our window of intention and healing and looking at past trauma can come in and keep those, you know, genetic markers um, neutralized. So they don't turn on most 80 to 90% of health issues. There is some sort of unresolved emotional issue or pattern behind it. And so it typically goes back to somebody not getting 
what they needed in your ancestral line. Um, it's typically around love, an area of fulfillment of nurturing. Um, it could have been something that happened when they were little that they carried this very deep wound with them. And you can go up the male side, you can go up the female side and the wounds can look very different. But oftentimes it's something that has not been healed or there has been no light shed upon it. And it starts manifesting as a physical situation that can be passed down and down. And so doing this work is really valuable because you can go back and under, you can look under the rug, so to speak, of what is really manifesting as these physical ailments. Yep. Thank you for that. I think there is, uh, I like you said, that little window of epigenetics where we don't have to activate the gene. And that's important to remember because I think people really kind of can can get into this victim mentality. It's like, well, this is just the way it's been in my family for years and years. And uh, so it's kind of empowering, I think, to know that we can shift that energy through different practices. Um, and I'm wondering how, how does this impact us? Like you mentioned um, the woman before, like looking for love, or if there's another example, like what's, what's the shift you see that we've looked back, cleared and healed some of this ancestral patterning and how does that help us move forward? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. I'm going to give you an example um, from my personal experience. Um, and because it does have to do with a health issue and a healed pattern and the after. So in my early 20s, I had a very debilitating case of multiple sclerosis. And it was, uh, I was told then I probably would never work. And, you know, my life was pretty much going downhill right away, where I did not have any diagnosed females in my family. There had been this strange sort of health stuff that occurred in a lot of the women in my family in their 20s. And so this kind of got me on a spiritual path. This is what turned me into integrative medicine in all honesty, because I just, it's like there was something inside of me that just, like you said, when you're an empath and you knew it's not yours, this was not mine. And I just knew that this was not me and I could not explain that. And it was more than denial of having this big diagnosis put upon me at 23, 24, whatever I was. And so my path looked like this and this and this. And then after working in the Akashic records, I was able to go back and understand this familial pattern I had chosen to carry and have done a lot of work around healing it. And when you talked about being, you know, we can be a victim about, oh, well, this is going to happen to me. I even had to do a lot of really deep work of looking at the unconscious victim I was playing. And that takes a point of perspective of really suspended judgment and total curiosity to really dive into that subconscious and say, what, what aspect of me is still holding victim to this? And to the fast forward now, my case has been claimed neutral. There is no evidence of any of plaques on MRIs in my brain or spinal cord that there were such this debilitating case. And so I am a firm believer that it is 100% possible. It just depends on how, I don't want to say how willing you're deep to go, but how long you're able to stick through this and go layer by layer is the key because that's what keeps us safe. Back in my 20s, I would not have been able to look at playing any sort of conscious or unconscious victim without frying my nervous system and you know, 
continuing to heal the way that I would be now in my forties. Wow. What a beautiful story. And, and just so, you know, I mean, telling of how, how important and how um, vital this work has been for you and your life and um, just, yeah, such deep, profound healing. And, and so you mentioned, you know, yeah, layer by layer. And I think it's important to, to recognize that healing does come in layers. And so we can't just go right into like the, the core because that sometimes that can even re-traumatize, you know, Mm -hmm. and trigger. And so, yeah. So what would your advice be for someone who is just starting out with this work and, you know, wanting to do the healing work, like where, where would you say they start um, when there are all these layers stacked on to maybe this one core issue? Yeah. And that's a beautiful point. A lot of people come and they feel like they need to dive at this core issue, but you want to, you can still work with this core issue. For example, I just worked with a woman who had been sexually assaulted, which was a really big trauma, right? And she was like, well, I guess I should work on this. And I was like, wait, there's no should about it. Let's see what is coming up. And what was happening is like, she was not even able to watch any sort of physical intimacy on TV around her. It just made this like disturbing feeling. And so that was our place to start. So what was coming up for her? And we went in just a little bit of layer and afterward was so powerful that she was able to be way more comfortable in her own skin. She could watch a commercial while people were holding hands and it didn't um, upset her and re-traumatize her, like you said. So really giving yourself grace and know when something comes up to the surface, it's ready to be healed. And so finding a very safe place to do this is really key. You want someone or something, um, a therapy or an environment that is going to walk you through and hold your hand so you do not get re-traumatized through any sort of the healing process. And that's just really, really important. Thank you for bringing that up because yes, there, there are, there are many layers, um, sexual abuse being one, which I think can go in, into generations past considering particularly, yeah, Mm -hmm. particularly women's lineages, um, mine as well. What, Mm -hmm. what other, like, I would say common lineage trauma issues have come up for you as of late. I know you mentioned you work a lot with heartbreak and, Mm -hmm. you know, mending broken hearts, but are you seeing like certain like common themes? Like this is really coming up a lot for people or have you noticed anything Um, It comes in really patterns like sobriety or addiction is really um, a big pattern that comes across. I don't work with that so much, but I do tend to see that in patterns um, that go familial. A lot worth, self-worth is just like a huge Mm. pattern and that can show up in different ways, right? In me, since I'm working with like broken relationships, divorce, um, I work a lot with loss too. And loss can have some, can bring up a lot of ancestral patterns a lot of loss in the past was not grieved the way we're allowed to have a process of grief in this modern time. And so that can create some barriers for people where it can start to manifest more in their physical body um, because they're not processing their emotions. They're very disconnected from it. Um, But I would have to say, yeah, like um, sexual abuse or trauma is probably the number one. Hmm. Yeah, those are, those are big. And I'm curious, you know, I've had some readings done before in the past and 
you know, some energy work and they've been able to clear like, mm -hmm. I don't know, like 10 to 20 generations of trauma from my own lineage. And, and I'm just curious, like how far back can you go with this in, so in your work? Yeah, it's far and wide. We have a genetic lineage, like we've been talking about this carrying through our DNA, our great-grandmother, our grandfather, and you can go back as far as the timeline exists, but we have our soul lineage. Our soul has been in other spaces and times that are connected to other experiences, and those experiences too can come in. So it's looking at different timelines, how you spin the compass, I suppose, and understanding which way you want to clean it and clear it. And that's why I think I've loved working in the Akashas because it's, it's just a so far and wide this reach, um, because it comes in from places you might not expect it. Hmm. It's so fascinating. That. I hadn't thought about that. I'm, when I think of lineage, I think of like my, like blood family tree. Yeah. yeah. So exactly. explain that a little bit more. So my brain can wrap around that. Um, like, so when you say like a, uh, like is it like a spiritual lineage since like like your soul has like you have a soul family you're not always just connected to the same people you are in your your genetic family in your your family tree um your soul can go in different dimensions you can have different lives you can have different um experiences where maybe you were an animal. I mean, it can get kind of wild with what people have, their soul has been experienced in a different space and time, but it's still your soul, right? We're very multidimensional beings. Mm -hmm. And so by looking at what happened from your souls, maybe, you know, I've seen some that have, are so separated from their soul family. It's like, you have to retrieve that aspect of their soul and bring it into where you're operating now. And people can feel way more connected. I know that's kind of hard to wrap your mind around, but. Um, no, I love that. Yeah. And, and I know like, you know, I mean, I, I believe that we are, we, we are living, you know, even different lives at the same time. And our souls might be having different experiences in these different time and space dimensions. And so mm -hmm. the, the, the Akashic records I'm, I'm hearing is really working along all those like parts of your soul, like on all those dimensions and different lives that you might be um, yeah. living in this, um, in this space. <laughs> yeah. And so probably the easiest way to think about it is so like anything that traumatizes you. Um, if you break your favorite coffee cup, right, that could be so traumatic. Um, and so also having a really, really um, terrifying experience and a very big trauma. And so what, anytime we experience trauma, bits of our soul can kind of scattered. And if there's unresolved trauma with any aspect of any of our limit lineages, an aspect of us can still be frozen there. Maybe the emotional aspect of yourself is still there because they are just so sad over what happened or they're so scared over what happened that they just kind of froze. And so being able to go look in all of these places and see where you're kind of frozen, that's where the healing takes place. You can unfreeze them and bring them back into wholeness, into completion, release those aspects back to the cosmos. So you feel this trauma isn't being relived over and over and over again. Does that provide a little more clarity when spoken like that? I know it's still a little bit out there. No, no, it's yeah. Right up where I'm, I, yeah. It yeah. resonates deeply for me. <laughs> so I'm curious, how does this impact have on like our DNA? I mean, I know we talked a little bit about genetics, but like, what are the shifts that occur on a so DNA level? The energetics 
um, those that trauma can actually be like a really low vibrating frequency. It can be a lower frequency. It can manifest as physical symptoms. It can manifest as depression. It can manifest as these kind of unconscious patterns that you're living over and over. And when you're aware of them and break them up, you're going to start feeling better. You're going to have better physical health. You're going to have better, you know, maybe a mental, emotional stability. Things might not trigger you the way that they did before. And that's a very good sign that this DNA is being cleaned out and sort of revitalized. We have aspects of our DNA that are active and aspects that are dormant. And so these dormant aspects can hold a lot of this trauma. And so by releasing it, you can actually activate more of your DNA. So you have more um, potential to bring in different frequencies. For the example, frequency of love, frequency of joy, frequency of healing, whatever it is you want to bring more of in your life, your DNA can then hold that um, because your DNA, when it replicates, is what programs a new cell. And so if you think about it in terms of programming, are you programming more trauma to come forward? Are you programming more joy, more healing, more health to come forward? Mm -hmm. And so when we do this, it also has an impact on our children's DNA. If we have children, it mm -hmm. helps clean out that trauma. So they are not carrying that burden and they receive that frequency of love and joy as well. Mm -hmm. And our ancestors do, which is really beautiful. Mm, that is beautiful and such beautiful work that, yeah, we can really do with this and, and really help support the planet in healing. And, and so I'm wondering too, just, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about karma and karma that is created in this lifetime and karma that's being passed down. Like, is that something that you see clearing out so that we're no longer living those karmic patterns or karmic relationships um, and, and yeah. moving yeah, through that. Yeah, that that those karmic patterns. Um, I look at them from the con like from the point of view of either like contracts, oaths, vows, or agreements mm -hmm. that you made with other people or patterns. They definitely are held within the DNA, and so you can actually clear those out of the DNA. You can clear those out of a fam familial pattern. You can clear those out of a relationship. We have the ability to rewrite our own contracts. We have the right to clear them. We have the ultimate power to intend how we live this current life. And so it's just kind of dusting out the cobwebs and looking back in places we might not have thought. I've come across some wild ones doing past life regressions, which I know a lot of people associate the Akashic records with, but and they're kind of fun, but it's not the only thing, but they really are helpful when wanting to go in and be like, what is this dynamic that I am having with my mother? I cannot figure it out. And going back and then seeing, is there some sort of agreement we had in another life of how we're showing up now, mm -hmm. something like that. And by clearing that, it creates this space for this more authentic relationship to come forward, a more authentic um, experience in this life from whatever direction you're clearing it. Mm, I love that. I, I, and when you mention rewriting these contracts or, or clearing them, how does one go about doing that? Is it, is it just intention or is there like a process that helps do the rewriting and the clearing? Yeah. So, I mean, I do that with pretty much every healing, um, but 
being aware that you might have a contract with somebody, also just stating the intention to null and void and clear any contracts that you may have with this person, known or unknown, seen or unseen from this lifetime or the past. Like you can just write a statement and intend it. Um, intention is very powerful because we are sovereign beings and we have free will. So it's about stepping over that line and not being victim to, okay, there was a contract, but I don't have to fulfill it. If I don't want to, I have the choice to change that. And that's where that intention can be so, so super powerful. Mm. And and how much, yeah, that sovereignty that we really have that we can, we can choose to, yeah, shift that energy and rewrite our, our soul contract and how we want to move forward in this lifetime. And I think we are in such a beautiful time on our planet where we're recognizing our sovereignty and the energy that we're, you know, shifting consciousness right now. Mm-hmm. And, and we all have this, I, I mean, this beautiful, empowered, you know, experience that we can, we can, you know, really move into that. Um, and once we recognize our empowered, um, sovereignty, (laughs) it's true. And I think by doing this work and healing any ancestral trauma, we are stepping back into our power and out of the power of those patterns. And that is what really drives our life forward into a different way. And it's always about making the choice coming from your sovereign point of view, coming from recognizing there might be these patterns, but I'm going to choose differently. Um, and as the, this healing can occur. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier too, just about, you know, that maybe something that our ancestors thought, you know, that that's the way it was and that was serving them, you know, but recognizing, yeah, it's not just about how it wasn't serving them, but, you know, and it's not serving us now and the patterns that may have served us, you know, as children to keep us safe or, you know, in, in whatever was happening in those, those moments. But now, we, we do get to choose differently and we don't have to continue living out those patterns, whether or not they're from our ancestors or from our childhood or, or you know, however. Yeah, and that's a really important point because a lot of patterns we create in our childhood is like we have a very appropriate response to whatever age we are, what, whatever is going on. Mm-hmm. But the way your five-year-old managed a situation mm-hmm is not going to be serving you in your thirties or forties or beyond because you've reached your full development of cognition and emotional capability. So it's about looking what happened to our ancestors when they were children. And then when they matured, did they kind of reframe the way they approached this same problem or did they still approach it like they did when they were five or six? And so mm-hmm. by recognizing that in ourselves as well, that's how we can kind of modernize it. We can adultize it. We can bring it forward into a way that serves us more appropriately for our time and what we're desiring to manifest and experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like how you said, you know, how, how it serves us in, in, it's interesting. I had this come up just earlier this week in the work that I do with holistic lifestyle coaching, uh, we were coming up with these barriers. We're trying to shift like our intermittent fasting periods, which I know probably doesn't sound relatable, but hang on to me. But for some people, they're like, but I've always eaten like this. This is the way that I've always had. My family eats like this. We just eat all day long instead of resting our digestive system. And it was so interesting. Like that was the trigger. 
like, and, and they went into these whole patterns of, but I might starve, which is silly now. But yeah. back then there was actually, you know, a family history of starvation. But it's so interesting how these patterns come up in very subtle ways, like when we're trying to change our nutrition and it kind of spills back into this is the way it's always done. But I always ask, is it serving you now? And I think that's one of the things that this kind of brings to light. It's like, is this pattern serving you now? And if not, you get to be empowered and choose something different for yourself that's that's healthier. Yeah, that's actually a really powerful example because of that family history of starvation. You can see that is a literally, that is a cellular response your client had, but I'm going to starve. And you're like, wait, we're talking like four hours without food, but it's the response is not appropriate to what is happening. And that is when you can tell it's an ancestral pattern that is ready to be cleared because she, your client's not in charge of that response. It's coming from somewhere else. Um, so that's actually, it's a really great example. Mm. Yeah. That is absolutely. And I've, I've felt that myself, you know, and have had to work through that and shifted my own patterns with, with food and, you know, that starvation. Yeah. Food is a big trigger, I think for, for many people. (laughs) It is a lot between starvation or emotional eating and really where we catch so many patterns around food when we're children. And so, and that can come in from our grandparents on top of what are we experience as children. Food's a big, Mm -hmm. big category. Yeah. Yeah. For me, yeah, for me, it's sugar. Yeah. Uh, For me, it's like the sugar addiction that I am constantly like checking in because like it's the sweetness of life. And I don't think my family always valued like the sweetness and the joy of life. And so it comes out as like, I'm craving sugar, but I know it's not mine. Yeah. And so this is a really great place. You can start asking yourself like, okay, how can I receive more sweetness and a joy in a way that serves me? What are some areas that I can be fulfilled in my category of sweetness and joy? How can that show up? Show me how. And so by really understanding the difference of the two, you're going to start rewiring that brain and affirmations are such a good thing to do or a mantra. The brain does not know the difference between the truth and a lie when you're telling it a bunch of words. And so by you recognizing the sweetness aspect and sugar is related, start replacing it with something else that brings you just as much sweetness and joy and create a mantra or an affirmation. And that's going to start clearing out that cellular clutter and that old um, cellular talk and debris from your ancestors to let you kind of reprogram yourself. Yeah. I love that work. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that. Mm. I love that. I love that. And so Morgan, I'm curious, you know, as, as you're doing this work and you're bringing forward your vision and everything that you've been following in your path, what is your, what is your big vision and the big picture for this healing work and how you see it really supporting the changing of our planet? I just believe the more people that are connected to an internal source of love helps create them to be far more unshakable in the terms of trauma and it keeps them far more sovereign. The frequency of love is so much higher than the frequency of, you know, unlove or, being in distress or suffering. And by really understanding, we all have this divine well of love inside people further than understanding, experiencing it. And so my goal is to really not only mend broken hearts, but really connect people into that 
internal source of love that is actually kind of connected to the greater whole. So we do raise that vibration of the planet. We are clearing out things. We are accepting the assistance of the ancestors that are really, really here showing up in a big way to assist us in healing. They want to support us. And so really connecting people into that is really another beautiful thing that I see in my work. Thank you very much, Morgan. What a beautiful way to wrap up uh, this episode. So please tell our listeners where they can find you and anything you're currently working on. Yeah, so you can find me at morganrockwell.com. I have a pretty active Facebook page where uh, is Morgan Rockwell 111, I do believe, at Facebook, and you'll have the links in the show. Um, but I do a lot of free healings. I run a lot of free masterclass series, um, heart mending masterclass series. I've been currently working on what I call a love journey clearing and recalibration. And that's basically the sum total of events in your life or your ancestral life that have contributed to how you give and receive love. And we clear out any old energies that are no longer serving you and then recalibrate your source of love to one that does serve you. I'm also super excited. I just have put together a DNA activation um, where it's an actual activation clearing and then an activation of your DNA, that inactive portion I was talking about to tune to the frequencies of unconditional love, uh, divine abundance and pure joy. So I'm super excited to be playing around with this one for clients. Mm, that sounds beautiful. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for listening to Be The Love Podcast. We are excited about our upcoming Awaken Your Soul Costa Rica retreat on November 6th through the 12th, 2023. We would love to have you join us for a beautiful and vibration-raising experience. Check out the webpage with details and registration in the show notes. And thank you again so much for listening to Be The Love Podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to our show, please share the love by sharing it with your friends and family, giving us a five-star written review on iTunes and Spotify, or liking us on Facebook. And please consider supporting our mission to awaken our souls with a monthly donation that helps with the operating costs of this podcast so we can continue to spread the love. To contribute, please visit our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast and stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 5 55 a.m mountain time Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Christy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphic. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey to align to our divine purpose and shine our lights. So keep on shining.